0: welcome one and all um the folks tuning and starting to tune in live and also those listening into the podcast or looking at it on the website uh welcome to the trigonometry show uh my name is Kerry and tonight we have andrew on here as well andrew uh, what is the correct term is it a i call you a movie armorer what's the tv armorer yeah movie armorer. Yeah. okay no. guy guy involved with firearms and um and movies and and tv and stuff and you know, I was I was humming and harring about whether I needed to kind of do something on this as well because obviously, in the news at the moment, especially for us people involved in guns who are seeing looking for that stuff, there's there's uh, a particular incident which has been a bit of a tragedy that's been getting quite a bit of coverage. Um, but yeah, I thought I've known Andrew for quite a few years now, and knowing what he's done and knew he was involved, so I thought it, it'd be a good opportunity to get you online. Have a, have a chat, ask a few questions, and but then just also just talk a little bit about gun safety in general because I think there's some pretty basic principles that hopefully anybody who has a firearms licence or in New Zealand would just go, hang on, how, how? Uh, but it did happen, so it's probably something worth talking about and seeing what we can learn from there. Um, so... What uh, You may correct me if I'm not too far out with whatever you can tell me or whatever you can't tell me, but I'm, my understanding at this point is, is that it was a uh, real firearm. It had been loaded with actual ammunition, so it wasn't firing blanks. It was firing live ammunition, and it was basically pointed at somebody, trigger was pulled, shot, killed one person, and th- I guess the bullet passed through somebody and into somebody else and injured a second person. Is that pretty much where we are at the moment? Pretty close, yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, what we what we've what we know, what we've learnt, um, is that it was a a pretty shoddy production, to be honest. They uh, had a lot of trouble um, with uh, with the crew because they were not liking the working conditions. A lot of crew were walking out. Um, they were not happy with the armour on there. She is a relatively new armorer she's 26 year old girl who's the daughter of some stunt guy slash um uh, armorer guy um sounds a bit like me really but (laughs) um they they were saying there's a lot of nepotism is the reason why why she got the job um they've trawled back through her social media and she's getting a lot of Flack for stuff she's posted on there um she was just inexperienced and very loose with safety and they were out at a they were filming out at a ranch and one of the reasons why a lot of the crew were pissed off because they weren't being put up in accommodation they had to drive 80 miles a day to work or something like that so there was a lot of people that were really unhappy there was a an ad on set that was trying to rush the thing along um and yelling at a lot of people and things um, to get it finished. Um, Alec Baldwin was not only acting in it, but it was his production company and he was a producer on it. So um, he had quite a lot of responsibility, um, mm. would have actually had us who, who was hired on the job. Um, so there potentially was a, a little bit of corner cutting going on. Um, mm. What happened was this uh, Armour girl, she... Um, I guess in their spare time out at the ranch, they decided, you know, with the culture in the States being a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit more liberal as far as firearms go, they went out and had a bit of a shoot-up with the guns. One of them potentially was the one that um, was used on the day to um, in the shooting. Uh, and they were using live ammunition to shoot cans and things like that. Um, now, whether it was the same gun or not, Um, and live ammunition got left in it, or whether live and blank ammunition got mixed up, um, that gun ended up on set on the table with a live round in it. And the first AD who is assistant director, he's the guy basically who controls the set. Um, So you have the director who's um you know behind the monitor he's he's watching the action he's watching what the actors say um and he's totally tuned in on that stuff the the assistant director the first assistant director is the guy that basically makes everyone get ready and make sure everyone's ready and says right you're going to be doing this you're going to be doing that and everything and he's got his instruction from the director so that he's the guy that's yelling and telling everyone to do stuff and he's actually action. It's not often that the director says action. That's a little bit of a, one of those things that, um, yeah.
0: Anyway, the- You see in the movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you see in the movies. Um, The assistant director uh, has a lot of responsibility. He, apparently this guy, went over to the table, picked up the the pistol. And, you know, we're talking, these are cowboy action pistols because it's period. Um, So you have to draw the hammer back and, um, you know, to pull the trigger, you know, and you only get it to do it once. Then um, you've got to pull the hammer back again, obviously. Um, and also to check them, um, you know, you've got to flip open the little cover on the side and then spin the, spin the chambers and, and have a look in each one and that sort of thing. So um, he just basically passed the gun to Alec and said, cold gun, meaning um, nothing in it or, you know, it's not active, it's not going to fire anything um they just come back after lunch apparently so what happens when you come back after lunch is you usually start by lining up the shot so uh the 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 woman who got shot is the director of photography so she basically um has full control over how the shot's going to look um with lighting and all that sort of thing so she Tells the lighting guy, okay, I want you to put more lights over here. I need some shade over here, or the lights are a bit bright. Can we do this and that? Um, and also, you know, with angles and bits and pieces, they'll will set it up to look, make it look nice. These are the, these are the people that get the cinematographer awards at, you know, Oscars and things like that. So um, they're super important on a film and they, you know, one of the big, the big three type thing. Um So she works with the director. So she'll be sitting there, you know, doing this sort of thing, lining up the shot. So she'll get Alec to do his action. So he's drawing from the hip and then, you know, cocking it and shooting, probably, I don't know whether he's drawing and and doing like a kill shot type thing or what what he was doing, but, you know, pointing it down the barrel, down the camera and she's like this. And he's actually cocked the hammer back and pointed it at her as though she's the camera and um, pulled the trigger. And it's gone off the bullets. There's been a live round in there. It's gone through her. The director has been standing behind her because he's wanting to see what the camera's going to see as well. And so it's passed through her and hit him. Um, and, yeah, the rest is kind of history. So, where the, I mean, where the armourer was in that
0: well, Yeah, uh, sorry, I laughed because it just it seems there's just... It, it, it's one of those perfect storms right from like where you start whether you read that the crew were tired were under the pump already there had been previous mm-hmm. concerns like before we even talk about the incident itself you're, you're you're from a risk management you're listening to this story going well something was going to happen if it wasn't Lots of little things was
1: adding like, up to something big. someone
0: was going to fall off a crane someone was going to do mm-hmm. something, something was going to it didn't sound like good things were going to happen anyway um, and I was thinking about it today because it's the other thing. Is like, how the hell would live ammunition end up on on a set? But then, I think we have to remember, like we we're talking about before we went on. People see things from their point of view. So, in New Zealand, you kind of go, well, how would you ever end up with live ammunition on a set, especially for a pistol, especially for a pistol, because even then, yeah. Like as a stretch, you could go. Well, a guy's come back from a hunting trip or something and had some rounds in the back, or so. Or they did some practice, or something like that. But yeah, guys out the back of the the set, leading off the shooting revolvers or pistols, basically at some cans at a ranch, is very American. And suddenly, like, well, I I mean, I don't know. I don't. I who knows? There's probably guys concealed carrying. There's probably guns and ammo on these sets anyway. I mean, that's the yeah. yeah. I think that so,
1: I'm pretty sure that the the gun laws are pretty liberal there as well. Um, yeah, they've got they've just got a different culture where open carry or even concealed carry can be quite common.
0: Yeah, so so you have that situation where yeah, there could have been live ammunition around. Now, like like you say, whether it was the specific gun that they'd actually been shooting out the back, or um, and then just someone put it down on a tape, I mean. I'm sure more details will come out, or whether there was live ammunition around. But yeah, then then, like you say, where was the armorer? Like, I I don't know. For you, for you, for you doing a role like, is it a situation where you have had where someone else could just come and pick up essentially one of the guns that's under your control and wander off with it? I imagine yelling at them, throwing stuff at them, or yeah, yeah. no, no, exactly, yeah.
1: And and I mean to go back to the, the the bullet side of things. Um, I mean, you wanted, obviously, everything to look perfect because, you know, as gun people, we're going to be looking at a movie and we're going to go, sure. I'm looking at this pistol. And I can see there's no, you know, because with cowboy action or Western, you can you can often see if there's um, rounds in there. Yeah. Um, so you can see the brass or you can whatever. So um, we, we do have um, often inert bullets. So they'll be bullets where we've pulled the primer or pulled the powder, put the projectile back in, and the, even the, the primer's dead. Um, yeah. You know, we've soaked it in, in um, CRC or whatever we've done to, to make it dead, just so that it'll look dead or we've drilled out the side of the case or whatever we've done, you know, we've mm-hmm. we're dead. But the difference here in New Zealand for us is we never, ever have like ammo, ammo on set, whereas, yeah, again, they could have had those type of rounds um, and got them mixed up with real ones because they look, you know, often, you know, if you went to pick them up, they probably look very similar.
0: Um, look, and nothing, nothing I'm going to say is, is excusing what's happening in any way. Okay. But yeah, long, long hours under the pump. Need to get yep. stuff done. Hurry up! We need to get finished. If we get this done and shot, we can go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you
1: know, and it's, hey. it's hard for us to comment because we have very strict. Processes which um, we put in place so that even if one person makes a mistake, someone else will pick it up along the chain. Whereas there, three people have made a mistake, mm. you know. And unfortunately, this um, assistant director uh, has been already been kicked off a set for gun stuff at, on another movie. So
0: yeah, yeah, and he's also when it rains, it pours.
1: Eh, I mean, yeah, and I think he might have even been on the set where. Um, Uh, bruce lee's son was shot dead potentially
0: i was going to ask you about Uh, that's an interesting tie and then if that's that's actually jesus yeah okay okay
1: so so, one person that should actually be uh, hard hard on safety um especially because he lost his last last job because of you know something like that but no he wasn't and you know so he should go for a skate, and the armour. Obviously, the armourer goes for a skate, but I think Alex needs to go for one as well. Because I mean, I think I, as I discussed with you um, before we were not live, if I was to hand you a gun and, uh, and say it's a cold gun, meaning it's you know it's safe, and told you to point it at your child and pull the trigger, you'd actually want to check whether the gun was cold before you did it. You wouldn't, yeah. Check- I.
0: I- I would, no doubt about it. You would, no doubt about it. Probably everyone listening in onto this show, because of where the show is and everything, would as well. And it's something I'm pondering because it's again, it's that perception thing. And I, I was again thinking about it today. So I, I remember years ago, I did one, one, one year at um, the Big Boys Toys. Um, uh, Stager had a had a um, stand there, so they had shotguns and the Blazer rifles and everything on there. They had like a sixty thousand dollar Blazer on a table, which was hilarious because guys were just picking it up with their fish and chip fingers, and it was anyway. It wasn't there the second day. We then put it up somewhere. But um, I remember the amount of people who were coming along and, and sticking their fingers in the top of the shotgun barrels. They are up, up on a standing and just putting their hand in there or picking them up. And um, one guy literally picked a shotgun up, pointed at his mates, and went bang and pulled the trigger. And, and immediately, like, three of us on the stand all ran over nearly spare to and just like, dude, what the, you know, how did you know it was unloaded? He's like, well, why would you have a loaded gun on the stand? Like, but you've just pointed it your mate's pulled the trigger. So there is no way in hell that I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, knock on wood, long, whatever, who knows, but you check. But I wonder, and there's a, there's a scale of it for non-gun people, if someone hands you something that is, you know, and it's, it's a stretch. It's a stretch for me. I can't, but so non-gun people maybe, but then you've got another layer of it of actors on sets who have been around firearms before and would know. So, you know, we, we can't talk for exactly what briefing or whatever was done for for over there, but for, for your experience, when you've got actors, I suppose there's two parts some actors who are handling firearms, I assume, would have nothing to do with guns otherwise. Do you find guys are quite gumby with guns, even though on in the movies they're shown portraying it? You know, I mean, on one end we've got we've got Keanu Reeves who went out and did the training with Karen Tactical and John Wick, and everyone loves John Wick because you watch that gun hand go, that guy can shoot. But for others, it must literally be a prop.
1: Yeah, yeah. I... Half the actors you get um, have never shot a gun and they're a little bit intimidated by it. So they're super cautious. Um, more than more than Gumby, that's more super cautious. And then you get the other half, which think they know a lot about it. And like, yeah, I'm good, you know. And those are probably more the ones you have to watch. The super yeah. cautious ones, are, you know, you know they're going to be safe because they're scared, a little bit scared and they're going to listen to everything you tell them. And we go through quite a training thing with them before... Um, you know, we do anything on set. So when we did Ghost in the Shell, um, there was a lot of shooting in that. So we got all the actors in and, you know, we lined them up and we showed them what a blank would do um, if you pointed it at someone. So we'd put a bit of paper up or even an aluminium can and shot it with a blank. And, you know, the aluminium can just crumples and the paper gets torn to bits. And, And that's quite a good way of showing them, hey, hang on a minute, these aren't toys, yeah. Uh, even a blank if i pointed at you know my friend here or this other actor and pull the trigger it's going to do some damage um, so you put a little bit of fear in them then at the start and it just makes them a little bit more cautious um, and then they also want to make sure oh is this gun cold is this you know is this gun hot or is it cold can i see we we, inst- we instill that into them you need to check yourself don't trust my word for it i'm going to tell you yes and i'm going to make sure but you need to get in the habit of Yep. checking yourself um which is something that Alec Baldwin would have known for all the years of movie experience he's had
0: yeah uh, that's the thing i mean like I say, gun as he is you know
1: he yeah,
0: yeah. so I, I i again pointing at someone you'd be you'd be yes i know I, and you've, there's the other videos which come up every time there's an issue there's a you know that will smith one from one of the one of his movies where yeah. they're just looking at the props and he, he picks it up and clears it. And some guy's like, well, that was promo or promo or not, or whatever it was. Yes, it's good form. It's even, it's a pile of prop guns. We don't know the status of them. Even if we're just looking at them, we still get to check what the thing, you know, mm-hmm. I I'm, I get that point where I nearly checked, I want to check the status of toy guns before I pick the things up because it's just so ingrained, you know? it's just It yeah. just should be just ingrained. Well, I, you know,
1: trigger, trigger finger off the trigger the whole time. That's one thing yeah. I... with all my you know actors finger off the trigger i don't care if it's a airsoft and there's nothing in it i you need to get in the habit of keeping your finger off the trigger yeah because people get nervous yeah it on the trigger and we want everyone to feel safe on the set so your finger doesn't go on the trigger unless you're going to shoot like like on the range
0: yeah, exactly. I, I, this is it. I mean, it, it's the same rules that we should all be applying. Same rules, yeah, every, everyone should be applying. And this is the amazing thing that there was three sets of hands that's in theory gone through, four maybe if you count the armor, who knows how many sets of hands, and at no point has anyone cleared, actually checked. They've assumed because it was there and, oh, it must be cold. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't cold. I handed it to somebody else who wouldn't hand it to me and tell me it was cold if it wasn't. But at all those stages, it should have been checked. And yep. sure as hell should have been checked before it was pointed at someone, and the hammer was dropped as well. Yeah. So,
1: the yeah we have we have sort of a minimum of three levels of people that it usually goes through. Um, often, sometimes even four, the safety guy gets involved. You know, I'll yep. often walk over to the safety guy and, and say, "Hey, look, I'm about to hand this firearm to this actor. There's nothing in it, but I want you to know that as well." And it and yep. it just is my ass, you know. Um, and then I'll, I'll show the, the first AD and then I'll hand it to the actor and I'll say, hey, look, I'll break it open or whatever I need, you know, open the bolt or, um, yeah, the breach, and I'll show them. I'll say, hey, look,
0: nothing in it, cold gun, you know, don't point well, at the den- it's Keep It's something the that... Trigger. Yeah, finger off it, still don't, and, you know, I, I mean, we even do it for hunting. It's like if I'm coming into a hut or in a hunting area or somewhere where my gun needs to be empty, if I've got a hunting partner with me, I will stop and show him it's empty. I'll ask to see that his is empty. Even mm-hmm. if he's been walking around behind me in theory with the gun unloaded the whole time and I checked before we left, you just check. You just Even check. if it's you your best mate that you've been hunting yeah.
1: with for 20 years and you trust yep. him yeah. Why, why not just do it to make
0: everyone feel comfortable? And it's only five seconds. It's, yeah, we're not. Yeah. We're not talking. So, so going back because there's something I was going to uh, ask as well. I mean, I know the blank guns through um, at Gun City. We sold the the start starter pistols, the replica blank pistols. You know, which I'm sure we used for starting a lot of um, athletic meets. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a scale of things as well. I mean, a lot of those. Um, Stories, conversions, everything aside for it. But I mean, a lot of those have a uh, um, a blockage or a cross sort of in the barrel so that they can in theory only shoot blanks. And if you put a live, tried to put a live round, may not chamber two would make a hell of a mess of everything. So I guess there's two questions. The the guns that they are using, some of the firearms that you're using are not necessarily replicas, they're actually Actual firearms. I remember talking to you and learning there's sort of the scale of guns. There's there's actual firearms. I think you call them the hero gun or something as well, which is maybe one. Then there may be airsoft guns. Then there may be rubber guns as well. So... I mean, they probably weren't all just walking around everywhere with, with revol- like live revolvers, potentially with ammo with it. Is that probably the case? Or? Yeah,
1: so, yeah, you're right. We have different, almost different classes of guns. So the stuff that's going to be in close-ups in front of the camera, more often, especially firing, will be, will be real generally. And yep. will will um, we'll have there'll be something in the in the barrel, especially for a semi-auto, to get it to cycle. Um, you know, so that the gas, there's enough pressure for it to cycle. Um, we'll have something in there um, with just enough of a hole to let enough gas out. Um, yep. And we use we do we have to do quite a bit of testing um, to get that that balance right. Um, and then you'll have um the guys around it are maybe not so maybe not firing but playing in the background they might have airsoft some you know so i mean airsoft is so well made these days you, you know it's actually quite hard to tell um so that cuts the cost um down a little bit and it makes it safer and it also um if they're throwing them around or getting hit or something there's less damage because they're usually lighter um, and you know
0: by throwing your collectible yeah, World, exactly. War I, uh, World War II uh, machine
1: gun around, or whatever, getting thrown across yeah. the floor, um, and then you've got um, plastic or rubber guns, which often stunties will have because they're going to either fall on them or they're throwing them at someone or whatever. So, yeah, they you know if they they need to be able to fall on them. The gun needs to be able to flex or bend or whatever, um, not hurt them so much. So, yeah, we have different different guns for that in that sort of scenario but um yeah the hero guns um we while you do get um purpose-built blank guns um which look very real um often it's just easier to use real guns and put blanks in them so yeah yeah well
0: i suppose i suppose for depending on you know the period Shows you're going, they there is not necessarily a blank gun for every single firearm, and some of them are quite specific. Because if it's a time and place, if you get a yep. wrong gun or a gun that was really you know manufactured five years after when the movie was meant to be made, the internet will be in an uproar, and everyone, okay. you know. yeah, so you're using cap and ball instead of you know all that
1: sort of stuff, it's <laughs> a little bit, no, yeah, no, it's no, just, no, didn't come out till five years after this happened, and yeah, you know, all that stuff, and then you've also got um you know stuff that you'd use on say avatar or even ghost in the shell where we we've got like um we had tommy guns inside of suitcases and um you know mp5s that um had molding around them and fitted in a car door frame and all sorts of stuff and blocks with special um plastic or rubber cases over the slides and over the hand molded over the handle so they look futuristic Mm. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff, you know, and then we had the, this futuristic-looking sniper rifle, which actually was a Remington 700 um, inside this uh, special frame that we'd built. So, um, yeah, you you just got to work to whatever the period is and, and try and make things work.
0: So, I mean, going back, just because I had it written down with the Brandon Lee, incident many many years ago now now i really think about it that was by my understanding that was actually a blank that was somebody getting shot at close range with a blank or was it something down the barrel or what was the yeah
1: so i think from my understanding of it is that they had used they have been using um they have been using a round where they'd taken out the powder that left the primer in and okay. so they still got the bang with the prop, but what it had done is it basically caused a squib so that the projectile had got lodged in the barrel. Um, and then they didn't check it the next day when they went to shoot again, and they put a full blank in there with powder and everything. No projectile, oh. obviously. Um, but that backed up behind the, the projectile that was in the barrel still from the day before that they hadn't checked made it basically a live round. So, oh, hell. yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's my understanding of what happened. Yeah. But, you know, even... I mean, there can be... One of the main thing One of the things that I also stress, and I think I covered it earlier when I said we do not point firearms directly at other actors, even with blanks, um, is because there have been accidents with blanks. Um, and And what we do to to make it look like you're pointing at an actress, we just use camera angles, you know. If you're looking from over here, you can't tell that the angle's different, you know, that I'm shooting just off to the side of them, if the camera's over here, you know, you can't tell. Um, there was an incident on a music video three, four years ago in Australia where uh, a shotgun with a blank loaded in it, um, I think it may, be, it may have been a brass-cased blank, um, somehow the crimping on it um when it opened up when when the shot went off um a little bit of the brass crimping came off and got shot out and it basically went through the guy's um vest and cut i think it's aorta or something on his heart so he just bled out and sec- you know in seconds he was done yeah. and it, it was a freak accident because i mean he had a, a jerk vest on which is um which was what was going to be used to propel him backward you know like right. a almost like a little straightjacket type thing. Yeah. Um, they tie a rope to the back of you and, and you can get pulled backwards to look like the recoil. Um, but yeah, this little tiny bit of brass went between all the little bits on there, total freak thing, and yeah, cut his heart. You know, it could have hit anywhere else on his body and he would have probably survived. Sure,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, that's the thing. I mean, it's, no, it's risk management. We can't necessarily remove every single risk. I mean... No. Which leads in the the because it comes up, uh, you know, the the notion. Well, yeah, uh, replacing um, yeah. replacing all the guns with um, you know CGI. Mm. I think I understand the reasoning that you want. It's still meant meant to be a practical uh, effect, and that we've all seen the the movies or stuff where somebody's shooting something and there seems to be no. It looks recoil scary. there's no it looks yeah we just I, I started
1: watching a bruce willis thing i ended up turning it off the other night um <laughs> and it looked awful and actually the other one that i saw the other day um which i was supposed to be the armor on uh guns akimbo yeah um daniel radcliffe so all the gun ideas in that were mine but they i apparently over budgeted so they got someone else and I watched it and I was I was obviously surprised that they'd taken all my gun ideas and used it, but um, they were using they weren't firing real blanks. They were using CGI and it looked terrible. It mm. just absolutely rubbish. And unfortunately, CGI isn't isn't really there yet, um, especially with flashes. I mean, anyone who's fired something that's automatic, even a semi-auto, um, you'll know that the the, the one flash is different from the next you know you fire a quick string of, of rounds and they're very different so um they they struggle with that side of things and that's the first way you can pick up whether it's cgi um the other is um shadows that go around the room and 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 go on different surfaces oh, yeah. yep. different and, and cgi is it's difficult to create that and expensive really expensive it's um, something that, if, if it only went to CGI, you're only allowed to do CGI, you wouldn't have guns in small budget movies or production. It would just be too restrictive. Um, they're just not there yet with cost and technology, unfortunately well fortunately for me obviously but
0: well but the other thing is as well is just the physical act of firing a gun requires the actor to to show recoil show reaction show recoil and and based on noise but yeah yeah i mean that's the thing we all like to think we don't flinch but we all actually kind of flinch even very small amounts and you pick it up if you're watching somebody shooting something if they're eyes completely open just going full auto on something and nothing seems to be moving you're like oh yeah yeah (laughs) oh i'd love to be able to shoot like that but i don't you know so um yeah so i i can see you know i can see the desire to do it because of removing any potential for but then yeah so i i guess then back to the particular the alec baldwin incident that's happened i mean the fact he was pointing it at somebody, I mean, that will that have been a result? Maybe they were trying to frame the shot or trying to try and understand, you know, they wouldn't maybe they, do they it in a live
1: No, no, they were framing the shot up to, and and basically the DOP was standing there. This is where I'm going to put the camera and this is what the camera's yeah. going to be. And Alec, just do your actions so that I can see what the camera's going to see. and. Yeah, and and on the day it would have been you know without her there they would have put the camera there there would have been a piece of perspex um, in front of the camera to protect the camera and the camera um, and they would have fired a blank and and everyone would have been yeah would have been
0: Be- because that's probably the protocol which is I. Our- ironic that even if they were firing a blank we're still not going to put somebody there because we still know there's risk because it's still oh, exactly. firearms so yeah, you're not standing you're in front, front of
1: it exactly. and even even you know a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar camera they want to look after True. So, yep. you know, they're going to they're going to want to look after a human even
0: more you'd hope yeah. Uh, so yeah they put a bit of perspex in front of it or yeah. Lex, sorry lexan which is probably on the other side of the set and we were just quickly setting the shot up so we'll just get it done and it's you know you Again, not justifying, but you can see the mentality where human beings kind of go down this path without somebody needed to kind of go. Hang on a minute, maybe maybe we just need to check something here as well. You know, uh, that's the. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the armourer needed to check it first. They need
1: yeah. to go over to the AD, show them the gun, open it, and say, "Cold gun. Just have a look. I'm spinning the chamber. There's nothing in there. Close it up. Then the armourer walks to. The actor does exactly the same thing to the actor, so then the actor knows. And even the, if the DOP is going to stand there, show them. Yeah. That's, you know, make them feel comfortable. That's that's how we roll
0: here, you know? Well, I mean, I remember doing, years ago, we were doing some um, shooting training, and I'm going to word this carefully, because we had somebody fall to the firing line. But before that happened, everyone opened everything out all the ammo was taken out of pockets all the guns were cleared the person walking and we still didn't walk in front of a gun but they were just forward of the firing line enough that everyone was double checking checking everybody else's guns that there was yeah about three or four people that looked at every single firearm before somebody would take even a slight step <coughs> step before it you know and this is on a range and the irony is is that if you're out hunting people don't do that they'll just happily walk in front of somebody with a gun again not directly in front of the muzzle but like yeah it's it's that thing we just hammer home to people it's like for that extra five seconds of and you know Mm -hmm. if you're competent with a gun you can show that it's somebody that it's clear very very quickly very quickly
1: Uh, yeah. yeah yeah
0: so yeah i i don't know look a little a little bit of a weird culture well sorry I rephrase that a little bit of a different culture compared to New Zealand because, for a start, we wouldn't have live pistol ammo on a set anyway. Because why would there be unless you're at a pistol range and even then, yeah, you'd probably clear it exactly.
1: And and you know, there's not even an excuse to say, "Oh, we needed something to break after the shot," because the specials guys have got squibs and you know that sort of thing. And and even to simulate um shots on the in the dirt or on surfaces they use paintballs with dust you know dust balls yeah. and stuff so there's no reason to have live rounds
0: i assume there would have been a point in time a long time ago where they maybe were using live rounds to do those sort of effects or? but it would, be a, it would be a really closed set and nothing yeah. down you know what i mean yeah. yeah and i mean we're talking i'm picking long long time ago before we you know but at some point who knows but yeah it, I don't know. It, it, like I say, it, it's one of those things where you look at it with a bit of hindsight and a step back and go, "There's no way it should have happened." Well, there is no way it should have happened. How did it ever happen? But it did happen, and you know, now we're down in Little New Zealand having conversations about how it happened and why it happened, and, and you know, all the, the
1: memes go around
0: the internet. <laughs> yeah, which, um, which
1: is, you know, you're like, oh, that's a little bit insensitive, but kind of funny too
0: it's funny it's funny uh, but it's also a tragedy you know that's i guess i just remind people it's like yeah it's funny but somebody's still you know lost a mum partner yeah, all these things and all the children, whether, whatever you think whether he's you know left anti-gun or whatever it is he's also now shot and killed someone and i don't wish that on anybody uh for mm-hmm. any reason whatsoever you know um that's it. Uh, unless he comes out and seems to be completely and utterly remorseless for it, which I really can't see a human being doing.
1: No, he'd be cancelled pretty quick,
0: I think. If... Yeah, and right, hey, and rightly so. I mean, that's the that's the thing, you know. We, yeah, and I don't think it will happen. I think there's that's that whole thing, even with um, hunting accidents uh, that you read about or have in New Zealand, the person who's shot potentially somebody they know or Australian or anyone that that's punishment but then at the same time I often say to people the the legal side of things or the social side of things is more for the greater group to remind everybody else that there's ramifications as well the individual has got stuff to deal with but it also needs to be made clear to everybody else that that is just no way acceptable and we will come down hard on it so that's that's where i sort of think that you could kind of go well look there's a everyone who was there will know it was a tragedy but still there needs to be people held accountable for it because that can't happen that's that's the simple thing and other people need to know that they will get dragged through the coals as well if they Relax or do something goofy like is obviously what has happened on that set on that particular day. You know.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that, that those three people will all will all do something. More. They'll be charged, all three of them. I'd say. Yeah. Prized if Baldwin doesn't get charged simply for the fact that he's also a producer on the show. I think that that steps it up another level. Yeah. 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 I. I so, def- yeah, yeah I don't think uh, that any of them should get away scot free at all.
0: Oh well, I don't. I mean, they they certainly haven't already. For from of, but now it's just going to be a case of the police are invested. It's not. Yeah, it won't just disappear. Um, and I'm I'm sure at, at appropriate time we'll hear about it or what happens down here as well. So, so <laughs> taking a step back from the um that particular incident. I mean, with your experience, like state side, are they generally Like, will they all be over there going, there's no way that should have happened as well? I mean, I'm just trying to, I guess, express that We're not trying to portray all the American armourers as a group of cowboys. There seems to be a particular... Although, ironically, it was a cowboy. Anyway. Yeah.
1: I think if you think about all the the, um, TV shows and movies that are made every year in the States that feature guns, and this is the first one of these types of incidents um you know that that has happened in a long 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 time then that that, that's kind of your answer they yeah they'll they'll be looking at this going oh my god you know why is this girl even on set basically um and there's a lot of talk in the industry that um there's a that you know this is one of the reasons why Baldwin will probably get hauled through the coals for it is that there's a lot of cost cutting going on and especially with this fast turnaround TV, you know, like we're not, we haven't got these, everyone's not going to the movie center any, anymore and they're not making all of these millions of dollars that yeah. they do off cinema guys. Um, it's all fast turnaround TV for Netflix. You know, we're, we're chewing through content really quickly and these producers are just having to cut costs and you know, these things, these things, you know, if you go to a movie set, you see how many people are there. I mean, this Lord of the Rings thing I've been working on, they were spending $1 to $2 million a day on that on that show. I mean, that's That's one of the biggest shows in the world, but still plenty of shows, 50 to 100 grand a day is nothing. Um, yeah. you know, so They're trying to cut costs where they can and professional experienced people are more expensive. So, um, you know, this girl was probably very cheap because it's one of her first gigs and you get what you pay for at the end of the day. And I mm. think, you know, I've, I've had, um, I did a movie end of last year, early this year, called Muru, which comes out, I think, is it Waitangi Day next year, and it's about the Urawera raids. And the production company contacted me this week and said, hey, you know, we're really happy with, you know, what you did. We didn't have any issues on our, our set. Um, but everyone's really spooked and we need to, um, you know, can you send us your operating procedure and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, if the whole industry's gone, holy cow, um, you know, this is, this is, you know, this is a hot topic and we're going you know, yeah. to get funding for n- new projects unless we can show, you know, because no one wants to be involved in something like that again. And we j- I joked with a friend of mine who's an armorer down on Avatar at the moment. Um, because he's down there for a few weeks and he might have one day on set, but he has to be there every single day. And people joke, you know, why are they paying you to be here and you don't do anything? And apparently the producer came up to him this week and said, you know, what's happened has justified me paying you every single day you're here. Yep. Basically. And, and that's, that's unfortunately the way it is.
0: Mm. Well, I, and there's so many industries all over the place, guns or non-guns, and sadly, it's sometimes that incident that happens where there is a major injury or a death or that everyone just wakes up and goes, all right, we, we just need to focus on this for a while. And, you know, I mean, this is like you was talking about, you know, cutting costs, but it's in firearms are an area where we all know the inherent danger in a firearm. You know, I mean... A, it's an inanimate object by itself it's not dangerous but when there's human interactions and the things so we know there's an inherent level of risk in there that it's just not a place you should be cutting corners same as pyrotechnics i mean guys shouldn't you know you're just like oh we'll get local billy Bob down the road who put, puts on a good fireworks show to do the explosives it's like no there's you know it's that maybe maybe it won't be the deluxe chicken sandwiches. Maybe we just need to go for the chicken sandwiches down at the baker or something. There might be other places that we can potentially, you know, yeah, with um, budget. Yeah, and I, you know, I certainly think now that people will be like, all right, no, there's certain there's a line that has just gotten crossed, and now we all need to just recognise that and pull back pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So. You mentioned there hasn't been, because I wasn't sure of this. There hasn't been a lot of incidences, or there haven't been any incidences of any notable for the last couple of years. It's not just a freak. Social media. Alec Baldwin managed to get above the the trending, and that's why we're hearing about it. It's just, yeah,
1: yeah. No, they're very professional in the states, and yeah, I, I would. I'd be surprised if if they if there was anyone else behaving the way that that. Uh, Mm-hmm. i mean it's, it comes down to personalities unfortunately they got three personalities in the same room that yeah you know, as you said perfect storm you know you can you can look at it and look at all the little underlying bits to it and it's always the way with tragedies or most of the times the way with the tragedies especially you know they like to make movies about it just a lot of little things that and on their own maybe wouldn't wouldn't be too much of a problem but as soon as they get together and they happen in se- a certain sequence
0: yep. yeah yeah yeah, there. I I read um uh, a year or so ago. It was a book called Blood on the Leaves, and it was it's a it's a um not a diary a journal or a book of all the the experiences of some wildlife rangers from stateside guys who are um, going out, and it's related to firearm fatalities and deaths. Because like my my nighttime reading is firearms fatalities. That's what I have on the side of my anyway, whatever. Each to their own. A eh? but um yeah you read a lot of those the stories that was in there where guys um had uh, you know there was a fatality or an injury or some of them were suicides which was a different thing again but you're like yeah a lot of things had to come line up perfectly the stars aligned and everything for it to just happen this way um although I, I read something else recently which I thought was interesting is that that it was sort of a quiff but You know, a one in a million chance can theoretically happen eight times a day in New York because there's 8 million people there. Mm. So it's a numbers thing as well. And like you say, high volume, potentially it's high volume, low budget. So yeah. anyway, so I'm sure, I mean, as as more stuff comes out, uh, yeah, it'll change. But it's also been interesting just watching and reading on social media how it went from, people not knowing anything and some media media groups needing to write an article and filling out a lot of information that's not related to it, or just, you know, it was a he's shot and killed with a blank gun or, you know, I, I heard some pretty interesting things which I maybe, but I doubt it that, you know, that Alec Baldwin was just, there was some quip and he turned around and he said, you know, I got to do one, one more shoot or something. And he turned around and said, Oh, how about I shoot you? And that's how it happened. It's like, well, you know, but the main mainstream news that was apparently how how it happened and i'm sure that's disappeared that article yeah. so uh, you know uh, this is where i was thinking of doing this it's like it's not our place to kind of fill in gaps if we don't know but we seem to be what it, the information is coming out is painting a picture of yeah a pretty bad situation so so Enough about that because that was, uh, you know, that's that's sort of what prompted me to get you back on here. But I think we also talked years ago. I'm pretty sure I did. We talk at the Seeker Show once about what you did for a living. I can't remember. Have we ever actually had a? Have uh, we talked about we doing this? We talked about uh, something at the Seeker
1: Show. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I I remember over the years of knowing you at some point at least seeing me here going, well, look, this is it's an interesting for a firearm side of things. It's an interesting. Um, part of firearms ownership usage and stuff um anyway because um you know all of us especially gun people we see guns in the movies a lot and we're all very picky on the handling and the setup and the everything of it so um yeah guns and movies are an armor i mean how how did you get into that was it you woke up one day and went i know i want to i want to supply the guns for movies or uh,
1: well, no, I got into the industry originally, um, into the stunt industry. Uh, so I became a stuntman, and I got into that uh, through riding horses. I used to uh, do show jumping professionally. Uh, and so I got into the stunt industry there, and my first movie was I did like a week on Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, doubling one of the actors on that. And then they called me a year or so later and said, hey, can you double, um, do you want to double Prince Caspian in the, in the movie Prince Caspian, the Narnia one? And I was like, oh, yeah, sounds sounds pretty good. The money was quite good on the first one of the week I did, so I thought, yeah, happy to do that. Um, And then I just basically stayed in, you know, I had a little bit of, I'd done a little bit of martial arts growing up and stuff, but did some fight sword fight training and stuff um, because the movie was quite a long one. We ended up in Europe filming in Czech Republic for a couple of months or something like that, so... Um, yeah. And then once I was sort of in the, in the click, if you like, um, I got invited onto other jobs and growing up in the country, you know, with all the outdoor interests I have, I kind of had a whole lot of skills that not a lot of them had that were quite transferable into stunts. So, um, I think my next job I did was, um, a job called warrior's way, which had, um, which was Indians, uh, sorry, cowboys versus ninjas. Um, it was filmed here. It had some big actors in it, um, Danny Houston and um, oh, some some girl. I forget her name. She used to be um, sort of one of the big A-listers. And anyway, it was we filmed it in Henderson. It was quite. It was it was a fun movie to film. Um, and I met uh, the armourer on that show. I got talking to him and he realised that I could handle guns and didn't need training um, like everyone else did. Um, and I was a cowboy on that, um, shooting blank guns on that. And then, um, so that's, that's sort of, I got to know him and that's how I kind of got into um, the armoury side because he, um, he'd do some little jobs around that to hey, I'm on this job here and I can't get to this other one. Do you want to go and do that one for me? And, you know, I was doing little New Zealand shows and little TV things um, a day here, a day there. Um, we had a, I remember a show where I had, Peter Elliott was shooting some clays on some show. So, you know, there was no, sh- there was no way he was going to hit clays. Um, and my friend knew that I could shoot clays. So um, I went out and I just had to, Sort of stand in the background behind the camera and shoot some clays. So there was a day we had um, live rounds on set, um, but again it was a closed, a closed um, shooting clays. Um, and and yeah, it sort of went on from there. Um, I Forget what my first big um, armory movie. Probably Ghost in the Shell was one of my first my, my big ones. Um, that was actually a lot of fun. That was with Scarlett Johansson, um, and we. We wanted to bring in some really cool guns, so I got in. Uh, I got in touch with an arms dealer in Israel, and I think I ordered about fifty guns from them. So I had all these machine guns come in, uh, a whole lot of Tavor's and Uzis, and all sorts of stuff. All you know, probably in Galils um, from some war zone somewhere, and um, half of them were full of sand, but we had to. Clean but they arrived at the airport and I went over with my Hilux and they were just in this big box. And so I just grabbed them. We were just basically threw them in the back of the Hilux in the tray and put a blanket over the top of them and uh, drove to the police station to get all the serial numbers signed off. But I had a friend who was a cop follow me in the car, but worried that, you know, I had 50 machine guns in the back of my car, 50 automatic weapons in the back of my car, um... Yeah, so we got to the police station, signed them all off and then took off home and put them in the safe. But um, yeah, we, we used all sorts of stuff on that job and that was we filmed that down in Wellington and it was a great job, good job. Um, I forget how long we were down there for, but we had automatic stuff firing all the time and we were, I, um, I even brought in a, an experimental um, shotgun called the 612, I think it was. And it had a revolver magazine on it and, uh, yeah, single barrel revolver magazine. So every time you pulled the trigger, the revolver would spin and you could yeah, basically had six shots. That was a bit of a nightmare to get to run properly on blanks um, because it was a prototype that sent us out the prototype. Sure. At that stage, there were only sort of four of them in the world or something, Um, but it looked great and the director loved it. Um, So one of the main actors had that as his weapon and yeah, just making up blanks for it, um, learned a heap on that, that show. And yeah, um, from there, I did a couple of little um, New Zealand jobs and then I did Meg, the Meg with Jason Statham. Yep. That big shark. So only armor on that. Uh, And I had, my Sarko trg as the the harpoon gun that we right.
0: were yeah i remember telling you about that yeah the harpoon
1: yeah, so, trg yep so the um the props department made up this harpoon um out of aluminium and it's it was a little had a little tracker device on it that the actor was going to shoot into the shark so that they could track it um from the helicopter and so i ended up having to take this harpoon to the range. And make up some blanks to show them if I could actually fire this harpoon out of the out of the gun. So um, that was that was interesting. Um, We got it working, and uh, but it was a lot of experimenting with um, 338 blank. Yeah, um, which yeah, but and it looked great. It's a big blank. It's a big blank. Yeah, Uh, and then so because I had to be there. Uh, and supervise the gun at all times. They had a stunty in the helicopter, and I—they basically dressed me as one of the actors. Sure. And I had—I um, gave the guy in the, the stunty who was on the skid a G36, an HK G36, so he could do a bit of automatic fire at the shark first, and then he, and then I'd hand him the sniper rifle with the um, with the harpoon in it, and <laughs> he would fire it out so. On the day, we were in this um, BK-105 helicopter out out of Gulf Harbour, flying along, swooping down over the water with no door on. And um, it was actually a little bit off-putting because it was at the time when all those visiting warships came and they were all anchored in the harbour. So this guy out on the skid with this, you know, automatic firearm, we were doing automatic fire along the, you know, and uh, we had all these warships sitting there. They were frigates. We were going to get a bit of trouble for that. But no, we went down without a hitch. And yeah, so that was the next sort of big, bigger gun movie I did. And then this Muru one was, um, yeah, it was probably an easy one, to be fair, apart from the fact that it was low budget or lower budget. Yeah. Um, they, wanted, they actually wrote me in to have a, an acting speaking role on it. Um yelling at Cliff Curtis. I was a SWAT guy on there. Um, then I ended up you know, this is I ended up shooting myself with my own gun, which was a little bit embarrassing. Um I have to watch the movie to find out how that happens.
0: Um I was gonna yeah, I was gonna clarify, we're talking in the movie, not you as yeah. the armorer on yeah, the exactly. movie, shooting yeah, yourself yeah. in the foot. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, So i don't like i don't like leaving things like that unsaid on it you know (laughs) so in that job it was mostly
1: airsoft um i think we had blank firing twice in the whole movie so pretty much you know it was we filmed it everyone all this the the aos guys were carrying ars and they were all airsoft they all look great um but um yeah still you have to still treat them like they're they're real because yeah a lot of general public interacting at at times so yeah it was it was quite something to round up all the guns and make sure all the magazines turned up and all that sort of stuff um i think yeah i'm not sure whether we lost one magazine um out of a glock um airsoft glock Mm. that was only thing we lost on the whole movie. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, uh, the only other stuff we used, we had a 22 shooting, um, which we just used um, some Ramset blank doing that. Um, And I had, there's a sniper rifle out of a helicopter as well, which I used some 308 blank for. But other than that, yeah, it was, um, it was a a pretty cool job. Mm. So. Um, the only other job that was probably really interesting, I did I was the armorer on the David Bain movie Black Hands or or the, the TV show Black Hands. Yep. Which was was we filmed that over the very first lockdown, well before the very first lockdown and just after it. And uh, it was it was pretty interesting. I again I had to in because they were the way they filmed it, they were not trying to necessarily insinuate who it was, but they were, um, uh, you know, because there's kind of two people it really could have been David or the or the father, and my body type was similar to both of them. So the figure that walks through the house and shoots the family members is actually me. So which yeah. was quite good because it's safer, obviously, for me looking like I'm I'm shooting them. Um, we did do some blank firing on that, um, and it, I've. It's a crappy old Winchester semi-auto and it's really hard to get it to cycle blank because it's got a suppressor on it as well and it's one of those plastic suppressors. So I was trying out blank on it, I think the night before we were going to shoot and I blew the front out of the suppressor. And uh, yeah, so that was a bit of a panic to get that fixed. Um, So I could only use the the lightest um, blank that we had and it wouldn't cycle. So... You get a couple of shots on there where the shot goes the first time, and then he has to mine the shots for the second time, and you don't see anything ejecting. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, you have to look pretty close to see that sort of stuff. But um, it was also interesting because they took all the information from that show, from court documents and things. And I knew exactly straight away who'd done it simply because of the way. Um, bits and pieces of, had been laid out. So um, David's father um, was dead in one of the rooms at the end of it and he had the rifle on one side of him. He was basically lying on his back. He had the rifle on one side of him and the magazine on the other side of him and he apparently shot himself in the head. So how you get the magazine out of the rifle once you've uh, shot yeah. the head yeah. and place it. But not only that, the way the magazine was sitting... You could throw the magazine a thousand times and it would never land like that. It had been placed, yep. so basically, but it, it ruled out him as the killer. It sort
0: of, yeah. Well, it was the same thing with this this um, blood on the leaves book I read as well. Certain things that these guys were looking at, it's like, yeah, okay, it's self-inflicted wound. How did you manage to, you know? It's like guys trying to. Your arms are not that. nobody's arms are that long that they could have done that. And yeah so
1: yeah no and I, I mean I explained it to the crew because you know they all had their ideas about who'd done it and I said oh, well course. this as you know someone who knows guns this could never happen I mean you explained to me how yes. this would happen and I showed him, you, you know explain to me how he could shoot himself in the head separate the gun and the magazine and then have the magazine land on its spine and sit on its spine like that you know right. it's never you could never do it yeah you know? um and then the, you know obviously there's something that happened in the stunt side of the of that show as well which again i, I the younger david's younger brother are we getting a little bit off track here but i thought it's, it's part of the
0: course of the show uh, anyway mate um, don't worry about that yeah. david's younger brother had fought with
1: the killer um before he died he'd fought right. really hard in the room with the killer before he died and David's father didn't have any bruises or anything on him, but David did, and he couldn't explain yeah. why he got those bruises. So, yeah. Mm. So, I just, yeah, I'm pretty positive that it was David. <laughs> We've just
0: <laughs> now <laughs> transferred into <laughs> a crime <client laughs> <case>. shape. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, well, sweet. Put him away.
1: Yeah, <laughs> living his life in Cambridge.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, back to the armour and the gun side of things then as well. I mean, did you, so you weren't, necessarily much of a gun you weren't collecting and got into armoring you kind of and do you collect, are you collecting now or is it really just you're yeah. kind of keeping an eye out for stuff particularly for jobs or it's just sparked an interest
1: uh, if, if a job comes up that's big enough um and they have a budget big enough i will yeah. just put specifically for that for that job but uh a friend of mine who got me into it he's got a, a really big collection and yeah couple of others with a couple of things, you know, a couple of items that we use as well. Um, but for this Moodoo job, I had to buy 20 years off ARs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget how many Glocks. <laughs> Probably about the same amount of Glocks as well. Mm. Of glocks
0: and you don't have to go into details for kind of obvious reasons as well but do you end up with just like a warehouse of firearms sitting somewhere or do some of them get sold back out after Uh, big jobs no i
1: I, I love that stuff we got on ghost in the shell um went back into auctions and went to collectors around yeah you know you might keep a couple of um of something um if they especially if they interest you or you think you're going to use them again Um, and you always need a couple because you know if you're on set you need one um, that's – because you could have two units running, so you might have to need one on each unit. Sure. Um, or if one breaks down, you need to have another one as backup because you can't have the whole crew standing there. You know, you've got 50 crew there, you know, all on the clock. Um, you know, if they're waiting for your gun to to work and something's wrong with it, you need to have mm. a backup. So, yeah, so we, we usually have two. But, um, no <laughs> – this friend of mine, he or the couple of friends who are um, armors, they often try to keep as much as they can. But no, I I try and move stuff mm. unless unless it I'm super interested in keeping it as a collector's item. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, then I'll keep hold of it. But no, most of the stuff gets moved. Mm. Yeah, you know, obviously the buyback. You know, a lot of stuff went went in the buyback. So I'm- yeah. I, I- <laughs> I've, my armor friend he's actually looking at getting out of the game so there'll be a lot of stuff that probably comes up in the in the auctions or that I'll help him sell towards the end of the year so mm. interesting pieces that come out then but um,
0: yeah because yeah especially with the buyback I think a lot of people, uh, there was a lot of stuff that could have probably been on a C that would have been on an E so the guys could actually go and shoot them on the weekend and bits and yeah. pieces like that. And unfortunately, yeah, like my scar.
1: you know, I had, a, I had yeah. the first scar in the country that I got out of the States, um, many years ago. And I used that, I used that in the Meg. Um, but, um, yeah, and I used to hunt with it and everything, but because it was semi-auto one,
0: um, yeah whereas ironically if it was a fully order you'd probably still have it
1: yeah i'd still have it yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean we I, i remember i was working in gun city at the time when the buyback happened and while all that stuff was coming out the back a package came in and i opened it up and it was a ak and i'm looking at it going okay that's that's an ak ak that's not a 22 replica or anything like that and then i looked at it and i forget the model and Graham will probably be out there listening to this screaming at me because I call the wrong thing, but it was like a paratrooper. It was a carbine. It was short, a little um, a horn muzzle brake on the front of it, yeah. and it was a fully auto. And I kind of mm-hmm. picked it out, cleared it, racked it to check the thing was empty as well, and one of the guys who was at the buyback is like, oh, is that for us? And I'm looking, yeah. I'm like, no, you don't get this one. This is a fully auto. It was coming in for Absolutely. a collector, and we were transferring it up. So that again went straight back off into the big the big lock room, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And that that was the irony, E fully auto. No, that passes through. That's not that's not going, but semi that's that's gonna get true. Yeah. The semi-autos that's are the bad better. ones. The fully
1: autos are the I don't know. Yeah. Semi-autos are on the P and the the fully autos are on the C and the C's a lot more a lot easier to get. And you know, mm. it's just crazy stuff.
0: So you're... So explain to me, and this is, again, we're going to go into the minutiae, which some people, their eyes may roll back in their heads when we go into this, but there's, so there's a C, which is the tradi- the collectors. Is there also a, a theatrical, or is there different types of C? Yep, there so, are. yeah, okay, because...
1: The theatrical is the one that we we deal, you know, that we, we work on. Um, and then they, we, there was something in the law that we had to have our dealers as well because we're making money out of guns so therefore we're dealers in some way but it's always been uh, yeah a, a crazy yeah it, well I, I mean i i i, I it, our uh, gun laws, there's always been some stuff that just doesn't make sense
0: on on the fringes yeah i mean i i've had my d for years as well even though i I have sold, bought and sold a few firearms and and occasionally do if someone wants them, but mainly I had it because it was just, I wasn't quite sure with me taking people's firearms, setting them up, modifying them, meaning putting scopes. I mean, I'm not a gunsmith and that's not what I'm doing, but it was never, I was always like, well, I prefer to have it and not need it rather than one day someone decide that, oh, you should have always had it. And now, and even with the recent changes now, the gunsmiths, uh, museums, yeah I think the collectors now potentially need the dealer I still I've read through and I'm like I still don't necessarily need one but I'm going to keep having it because it's you know occasionally someone wants something and who knows I might sell more guns at some point so so the so the C theatrical basically means that you are able to actually take them out and fire them but still I need the blanks we still yep. the same rule you can't
1: yeah yep. yeah I can I can take a, a full auto out and and spray a whole lot of blanks around yeah
0: yeah is that? Are you restricted to it only being on a set? I mean, I've never seen anybody turn up with a full order on the local deer stalkers' range and let loose. Obviously, because they would, you know, for the deer stalkers probably have it in the standing orders that you couldn't. But are, are you, is it sort of like you're required? It needs to be on a, a particular set, or
1: I've uh, I've been testing out blanks and fired them into an old dryer at home in my garage before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah it doesn't have to
0: be on a movie set. Yeah. That's hmm. All right. I am just always intrigued from the different, you know,
1: as long as you know, as long as um, you know you're not going to have the armed defenders turn up because you know the, the, your neighbors don't know what you're doing or you know they yeah. get shot multiple gunshots because like if we're on even when we're on set, you know, we notify the police, "Hey, we're going to be doing some filming." Um, yep. we're going to be shooting guns probably automatic fire we're going to have this many guns it's going to be between here and here this is the address and they'll give you an event number and basically it logs it in the system so if anyone rings up and says oh I hear gunshots coming from
0: here and all
1: this the, the police can look on their system and go oh, okay yep. yeah,
0: we, we know there is something and it's, it's actually something good to bring up because we do it for pest control as well we always ring in with an event even if we're using the, the, the PCPs the air guns because yeah. Yeah, all you need is a neighbour to go. I can hear gunfire. I see someone walking around with a gun. Yeah, in the middle of the night, and mm. which we're even we're aware of ourselves that we are what we look like for the people just walking past in some public places we are in. Mm. Um, so yeah, for people listening in, it's probably not a bad thing to tuck away that it doesn't. If you're ever doing anything and you're like, oh, might be other people wondering what's going on. You can ring up the police, tell them what's going on, get an event number, which is just a number that they give you. They can. We ask them to test it to us.
1: It's free, it's easy, and they're always very kind, you know,
0: nice and helpful on the phone. So they're like, oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, we get some great conversations going, you're doing what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, that's a what? How do you, you know? And they're, they're, hey, they're they're happy to talk to people. And then, yeah, we've also had the case where somebody rang up and, and we're told they still checked in with us. Mm -hmm. um but they were told that yeah we know that there's people out there that is okay we'll check in with them we'll confirm we'll let you know and and they were able to de-escalate a situation for us as well so it worked it worked basically so i i sometimes tell people you know if in doubt just ring ring the local um police station just let them know what's going on yeah it's uh, it's better to do that than trying to be explained afterwards what was going on i find and like many things on the right. ground, yeah yeah so yeah um so yeah man i mean over the years have you uh you've sort of talked about a few of them but have you had a fi- favorite gun or a favorite um you know placement into a movie or otherwise uh well that
1: 612 shotgun was pretty memorable I
0: think that's yeah
1: yeah, it was something that I'd researched and organized and it and it was the actor was super, yeah, you know, he was so happy with it. And it, it became, you know, it's, it's when when I quote on a movie like the like the one that we um that I quoted on that Guns Akimbo, and I talked I was talking going through the director, I said, you know, people remember movies for signature guns, you know, yeah. like Terminator with the mini gun, are he holding the minigun or he's got the lever action um, 1887 shotgun, yep. you know, where he, where he flicks it around to load it. You know, people remember that stuff. Yeah, old um, big loop. A-12 shotgun, you know, on on those, um, uh, sort it Predator movies? Where, forget something like that. Yeah, they remember the gun, yep. you know. And that's sort of what, being an armourer, that's what I want to have I want someone to go oh you you know you, you were on that movie with that had that gun and I'm like, yeah, I put that gun there type thing or I that was my idea to have that gun there so that was probably yeah probably the one where I
0: yeah well it becomes it becomes almost a character on its in its own right yeah, it and then for the really. actor using it who it is part of their character it just helps fill out that story for them it's something unique is that they can you know, Mm-hmm. Deal with and use as well. It,
1: it adds to it totally adds to their character, you know, it adds yep. to the character they're trying to portray. So, yeah, no, no, it's that's probably yeah. If, if ever I got super passionate or excited about being an armorer, that would that would be the the side of it. Yeah, that you're trying. Well,
0: to yeah. I don't know if I told you, but for that movie, where I, was, I was at All Proof at the time and we supplied some thermal insulation to the movie, which then turned up in the, in the scene where I forget, they're all like meditating in the big circle, and, like the hive mind and there's yeah. all those pipes coming out. Yeah, yeah. that was our insula- white insulated uh-huh. piping that we sold boxes and boxes to because we sent some samples and they're like, yeah, that looks like electrical cabling that we want. Send yeah. us all that you've got. Like, okay, Val, okay, thermal insulation is going to be in a movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> It's not quite as good as you're supplying the, the, the main, you know, hero guns and stuff, but, yeah, that's, that's our little...
1: Uh... And I, well, yeah, and it, it worked out well for me on, on, uh, at one stage doing that because I, um, for, the, for my Sarco on that um, Meg show, I contacted Bushnell New Zealand and said, hey, um, this rifle's going to be in this movie and I need a scope to go on it you know can you do me a deal on a scope and so they gave me one of their top of the range long Mm -hmm. range scopes for it um for pretty much cost like it was a two and a half thousand three thousand dollar scope i got for like 900 bucks or something like that Mm -hmm. um that was pretty cool and then splur who do the rings sent me a free set of rings for it because i told them it was going to be so yeah, well, I was just thinking... About placement, the, you know, there's, Yeah, possibly
0: uh, if it was stateside, it'd be the opposite. There'd be people almost... I mean, there is for cars, obviously, scrambling to make sure it's their car that gets done. And, yeah. I mean, I, I, I bet, you know, um, for the John Wick movies, I don't think they were having to buy much of that stuff that turned up in John Wick, that's yeah. for sure. But then that's a gun movie. That is just pure yeah. gun porn, that whole series. So, it's, hmm. you know, so... That's all good. Oh, so, I mean, at the moment for you, it's it's pretty quiet. I mean, even even uh, lockdown, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, pro- I jokingly said prior to that, Lord of the Rings. If you're working on that, there's not a whole lot of firearms in Lord of the Rings, anyway. Right. But I believe you've got other work you're doing involved with that. Involves the fat.
1: Yeah, um, I, I had an, a sort of an acting stunt role on that in the beginning in the yeah. sort of the episode of that, and then I switched over to crew because I was renting some equipment to them. So mm. the first, pretty much half of this year. Um, I was full time doing that, um, yeah. And then obviously that uh, they left, unfortunately, which has really hurt the industry. Um, mm. And now with the MIQ situation, we just can't get people in for movies. So and 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 uh, essential crew. So it's made things pretty tough. Uh, Avatar was already here, uh, so they've they've started up again. Um, but it's there's not a lot on that. Yeah. yeah. They'll probably finish uh early December, so they've probably got 4 weeks worth left to do on that. There's a couple of other little shows, but um yeah, not until next year until till they sort out the MIQ situation. Um yep. it's going to be pretty quiet here for that sort of thing, so yeah. Have mm. to focus on other things like trying to sell gun safes and bits and pieces so if anyone wants a gun safe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know um i was gonna well yeah i was gonna say that i i, I don't for your armor or work it's all gonna be worded i mean there's not we're not even gonna direct somebody to a site to find out more about that really are we so it's a hard one um, yeah that, that's all right because
1: I'm the industry of- to be honest uh, and as i say the, the the friend of mine who's probably the the, the big the big guy in new zealand He's kind of looking at getting out of it. So I mean, if someone wants to get into it, they can go and buy his whole collection, um, which he'd be happy about.
0: Um, uh, no, I was, I was more meaning if we've got some famous Hollywood director listening into the show, one at least say hello to me, so I know you're listening in. Uh, but yeah, we get hot. <laughs> so, so more to the point then, because yes, you also do the safes. Uh, are you still doing the the spotlights and get some pieces as well?
1: No, no, went went off those and just focused uh, purely Probably. safes. Yeah. Yeah so i doors yeah, I mean, and yeah stuff like that mm.
0: we did i mean I, you were up the a couple of um stands up from us of one of the the one seeker show that that precision shooter turned up at and then yep. I think matt also did another year i wasn't yeah able to get that he did another year with it as well so yeah, I, was on a, I think
1: i was on a i was on a movie that time that's why yep. I go to it yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I know I, I, one day I've got to move somewhere bigger and I think it'll be, I'm over having running two safes that are only just, I tell everybody, they're all like, you know, you do the firearms course and they're like, oh, I'll just get a rack or I'll just get a chain or something. I'm only ever going to have one gun. And it's like, oh, no, you're not. Because <laughs> it's, it, it's maybe there's, maybe I shouldn't say that. There's people out there, but once you think about it, you get a hunting rifle, then you get a 22. Then you go well. I get a shotgun for it. Then you get probably another hunting rifle, bigger hunting rifle, competition rifle, other competition. And I don't, I don't. Ironically, I'm not necessarily what I call a gun person. I don't have a huge amount of guns, except of course I got a pile of guns because of the all they're all the disabled ones from the firearms. License. So I've got multiple safes anyway. But yeah, one big safe or just seems to make a lot more sense. So there's our there's our plug for your safes. Where do people go to find out about them? What's the website? Uh, you can go to
1: www.legendhuntinggear, one word, .co.nz, and uh, you'll see we've got the 10, the 20, and the 50 gun safes on there. They're all um, B, C, P, A, cat rated, all, all with the police. Um, got fire ratings on them, um, and they've got LED lights that go on when you open the door. They've got PowerPoints inside so that you can charge your expensive electronics inside. Um, they've also got CAT 6 input, so you can use them to keep your security camera hard drive inside. Oh, safe yeah. and feed the info straight into the safe um, to them, so that if your house gets broken into, uh, unless they can take the safe with them, which is going to weigh a ton, uh, your security feed, they can't take away the hard drive, so... We put that in there. Um, Yeah, they're they're just the top quality safe you can get. All six mil steel, beautifully made, all um, felt lined, pistol pockets on the doors, electronic keypad that lights
0: up when you touch it, and rescue key just yeah i'm still i'm still just going on that LED 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 light LED. man once once you actually get a safe with an finality light and it changes you, there's no going back like i can yep. see stuff in here it's yep. i know what i'm i can find and yep. yeah but yeah i mean it's to say i know matt's got one as well and you just see uh yeah just not banging guns together and mm-hmm. anyway it's all good
1: Right, go buy safe. The safe safe room doors as well. um, We've got another shipment coming in.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Do you? uh, Is there many people setting up um, rooms of uh, sturdy construct or rooms of Mm -hmm. stout construction, whatever it is? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, they're super popular. I've had. uh, I've got two people waiting already, and then I've got another guy who approached me the other day who does a lot of building for wealthier clients who yeah want some sort of protection because obviously you don't just have to keep guns in there; you can keep whatever you want in there. No, expensive wines or whatever. You
0: know? uh, well, this is some like, service. <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't realise and another diversion we're gonna have is the amount of houses in New Zealand that are built these days with panic rooms in them. Yeah. Because it seems to, again to me growing up, a little of New Zealand, the notion of having old old New Zealand out, not so much anymore no not so much anymore and of course people moving in from overseas where they had one where they came from and they're like yeah we want to it was actually it was, there's houses around here that we'd been into and it was a stipulation people were like no we want a panic room we want to buy a house with a panic room and it's so, like whoa yeah. okay so it's alright each to their own yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but and then- yeah I, I'd go for the expense of wine and the, the gun collection and the other you know all the, all the diamonds or something like that there you go or right, you <laughs> know Remy can Kids and if they get too rowdy or whatever, <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> hide from lock <laughs> yeah. yourself in the room. The kids can have the rest of the. That's place. true. Yeah, yeah.
1: And we're doing a little pistol safe as well, which uh, that will be coming in on the next shipment. So we'll put some stuff up on the Facebook page and on the website once those arrive. So
0: cool. So, did we miss anything else from your life as armourer that you you kind of want to cover off or say to? I mean, you know. No,
1: no, no. It's. Oh. It's it's been a bit of fun and yeah you meet some interesting people. I remember actually one day we were doing we did a, a sort of some war one and we had a guy dressed up as Osama bin Laden and he looked exactly like Osama bin Laden. It was it was scary and we were in these um, lava caves under Mount Eden somewhere in there. Yeah, under Mount Eden in someone's backyard. There's you know there's quite a few lava caves. Yeah. In people's backyards, and we were in this cave, and they'd made it out to be some cave in the back of them in Pakistan or somewhere. And yeah, a of bin was sitting in there, and I had to give him his AK, and yeah, it was pretty awesome. it looked pretty cool, so he was we'll,
0: hiding in Mount Eden, we'll all getting there. photos with him afterwards, and yeah,
1: no, you have some you have some fun times.
0: Very cool. All right. And then, yeah, parting, parting message for everyone, man. Don't, you know, don't give someone a firearm without checking it 100%. yourself. Don't take a firearm. Check it, fire off and checking it yourself. yourself. Yeah. And, and, and we're good. All right. Cool, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate you're it. Man. No worries. And uh, for people listening in, thank you for listening in. Those live guys, if you're on the podcast, hit us up with questions. If there's other people you want me to kind of or other questions you have about gun-related stuff, I enjoy doing these things that aren't necessarily the precision rifle side of things. Um, uh, Hit me up, let me know, and um, I'll hunt these people down and we can have a chat with them. All right, cheers, Andrew. All good, cheers, later.